Kelly. Good morning. Good morning. Kelly and I were just talking two seconds ago and she said, I'm ready because I have my coffee. <laughs> so you yes. have your coffee in front of you? I got it. All right. I'll need a refill so. soon, but I got it. Well, welcome to episode 15 of the Dear Fat You Don't Own Me podcast. And today, with the help of Kelly, you are going to learn how to succeed when you are completely overwhelmed with life. When life, <laughs> you're laughing because you know what I'm talking about. Yeah. Uh, it's, it's funny, Kelly, because, you know, it, when people, people will listen to this and they'll listen to it because they'll see what to do when you're overwhelmed because everybody does think they're overwhelmed all the time and it doesn't matter if they're dealing with some of the things that you're dealing with and have been or you know you're working at mcdonald's and you know you guys are out of pickles and everybody's mad because i mean it doesn't matter where you fall on that you just always think that your life is just too much and when life yep. does you give you more than you can handle um which it feels like that so often um you're gonna learn from this podcast how to lose weight anyways and how to keep it off long term despite life just feeling life like it is impossible. But let's get to some of your stats. Kelly, you are down right now as of your last weigh-in. You're down 59.6 pounds. When you started uh, our program, what size were you when you started? Do you remember? Oh, size of clothing? Yeah. Yeah. Um, well, I'm a female, which they probably picked that up already. But <laughs> I, was, I was a size 14, but was comfortable in a 16 but comfortable in a six isn't that how it always works you always wear <laughs> you know like you can't just grab the clothes that I are comfortable I, you know going from 14 to 16 it's like going to a different section in the store but wouldn't women. you wouldn't you feel wouldn't you, if you were an 18 and you had to go to 20 you know it would be the same thing because you think oh probably. that's that's there's a two at the front of that now i mean, I mean probably always, you know what i mean yeah and yeah. your size now, uh, what do you wear now? Uh, a four to a six. Yeah. Uh, just a tiny <laughs> difference there. And you're, are you uh, five, yeah. six? Is that right? I'm five, five. Five, five. Okay, good. Yeah. And uh, your last weight, the last time you weighed was 137.2, which is actually seven pounds <laughs> above your goal. Okay. Yep. Yep. But you have been, you probably don't realize this because I will tell you guys something about Kelly. Kelly is really tough on herself. She is. She puts a lot. I mean, she challenges herself and she wants to do her best. Um, and mm -hmm. you probably don't realize this, but you've been this weight or lower for 11 months now. Really? Yeah. It doesn't feel like that, does it? No, not at all. 11 wow. months you've been this weight or lower. And that's, I mean, that's, that's incredible. That's awesome. It and, is. Yeah. And you started, and your starting weight, you remember what it was? 196 point. Four? Oh, speaking of women going to that next rack, you would have just loved it to add a couple pounds and get to the two, wouldn't you, back then? Oh, my God. I mean, two was my limit. That's when I was like, I can't. What is wrong with me? I can't do this by myself. Yeah. Like, I That's have to awesome. fix this. Yeah. <laughs> well, you already, I, I got. Oh, yeah. <laughs> you've, you've done a great job. And, and now, you know. When you look at uh, all this weight you've lost and all the success you've had, um, it, part of the reason is that, that you've had all this success is because over the last couple of years of you doing this, I mean, your life has been really simple. And you've just kind of been <laughs> casually coasting through life yeah. over the last couple of years with all the things. I know you're laughing. Yeah, Everybody's I mean, going to be up to speed here in a second. Okay. <laughs> 
in the middle of everything that we're about to tell you right now, as Kelly has overcome all of this, you have to understand that all of this was done in a once in a lifetime worldwide pandemic. Like we're not even going to talk about that, but you have to take everything that we're going to talk about right now and you have to put it in the middle of the the whole world shutting down for years. Right? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. My life. For those of you, for everybody listening, as we're doing this interview, you're probably going to have two thoughts along the way. And at the end of this, you're going to think one thing for sure. And that is, okay, no more excuses for me. If she can do that, (laughs) I can do it. But you're also probably going to be amazed at how much Kelly is willing to share. Because Kel, like you don't hide behind a mask. You never have. You don't try to fake happiness when you're sad or you're frustrated. Mm -hmm. Kelly is vulnerable and she's honest and you're going to learn how these traits can help you overcome incredibly challenging situations. Okay. So now let's get into it. Let's discuss your very simple life with no challenges or obstacles. First of all, okay. First of all, before we talk about any health issues, Mm -hmm. somewhere in the middle of this or right at the beginning, I remember when you first started talking about uh, the business that we were going to start mm-hmm. and you decided that you were going to start a software company, right? <laughs> yeah. Okay. Cause that's normal. That's totally normal. Right. And, <laughs> and, uh, and your parents came to you and they said, Hey, look, we have piles of money. We're just going to give you all the money you need. Of course uh-huh. it didn't go like that at all. Did it? You, uh-uh. you had to get a grant, didn't you? Yep. Yep. I got yep. a $35,000 grant from the state of Nebraska. Now, when you get a grant like that to start a business, I mean, they just give you, it's like one form and you fill it out and they just send you the money and don't ask you any questions, right? Uh, yeah, pretty, yeah. No, it's, that's not how that went. <laughs> it's, it's like tons of work and tons I put of paperwork. I put in nine months of research and developed a 49-page business plan. Right. Yeah. So parents didn't just hand you a bunch of money. You decided no. that you wanted to go do this. In the middle of everything that's going on, you decide, okay, I'm going to start a software company. Of course, and you picked an industry where there is almost no competition. And everyone will be glad to to know that we, um, over the years, you've been working on this. And you said yesterday, it's just taken off and doing great now, isn't it? It's doing awesome. Yeah. Uh, Yeah. I have 15 demos in three days this week. Oh, my gosh. That's so awesome. Great. That is super cool. It's so fun. (laughs) <laughs> and I, as a person who I haven't worked for somebody else for 20 years, I've always been a business owner. And mm-hmm. um, what is it? Tell people what it is like, you know, in the middle of a pandemic, oh, in the middle God. of what's it like building a business? Well, it's fun. Um, you know, I don't think everybody would think it's fun. Um, it's hard work, but the reward, it's just amazing. Like the reason I do it is for autonomy. I can make the decision what I want to do when I want to do it. And if that means, you know, going to my kids' Valentine's Day party without any guilt, I can do that. Um, If I have a doctor's appointment, I don't have to tell anybody to take off. I can take a vacation whenever I want. And I can make all the decisions that I want. It's just, it was meant for me. Like, it's free. It's freedom. It's true freedom. I totally understand that. And that being said, though, if things don't work out, it's all on you. Mm. And a lot. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it is. And also... (laughs) What, yeah. uh, one of the things that you have to understand about starting a business, and I agree with Kelly, it is fun. 
Okay. It's not for everybody for sure, because it is in a totally different animal than counting on a paycheck, but there's a lot of, it's challenging. I mean, it's not easy to take something that doesn't exist and then make it exist. There's a lot of, a lot of work that a lot of people don't realize when they're thinking about starting a business that, I mean, you could almost say, go ahead. There's an, there's an investment that you have to make. A lot of people talk, say sacrifices. I don't like to think of it like that. I'm investing. Um, we have been living pretty much paycheck to paycheck for two years since I started this program. Yep. Because I don't take a salary out of my software company. It can't afford me. Um, and so I'm kind of hacking through life with Southwest credit cards and coupons. And I make enough money to keep my kids in daycare. So we, we don't, we are in no way rich <laughs> right now. Yep. Um, but, and you know, when we started the business, my husband and I talked about like, if, if this is something I really want to do and I'm serious, are we willing to sell our house and move to a smaller house so we can afford me being an entrepreneur? Now, a minute ago when you said it's fun, everybody just thought, wait a minute, that doesn't sound fun. And yeah, <laughs> she's exactly- I've never been happier. Yeah, she's exact. you're exactly right because that is exactly, you know, as I was starting my business, is exactly the approach that I was taking. And where I was, what I was going to say was, is that when you start a business, it is a lot of work and a lot of work that you have to do for free for a long free. time. One of yeah. my, uh, my nephews just called me a couple days ago, and um, he's 16 or 17, and he's a little stud. He's just awesome. And he called and he said, um, Tony, you know, I, I know you've been a business owner, or Uncle Tony, I know you've been a business owner for a long time. And I, I, don't, I think I want, I don't want to work for somebody. I want to learn to run my own business. And I always, whenever I talk to somebody, I tell them this. The first thing that you need to be prepared to do when you're going to be a business owner is you have to be willing to work for free. Mm-hmm. And people can't understand that. But it's a lot of work. It's a lot of work that you have to do for free. And you It doesn't do get- always feel like work, though. You say work, and you have to understand that it doesn't feel like work. It's I'm with passion. you. Yep. Totally with you because you're building something that is yours yeah. instead of giving all your time to somebody else. But there is no question about it. (laughs) If this thing doesn't pan out, though, you will have done tons of work Mm -hmm. and you will have no money in your pocket from it. And when I say you got to be willing to work for free, whether you love it or you don't, it's harder than you think. And Mm -hmm. yet with that going on, you still kept losing weight. You still yes. kept making progress, right? Yes. And, you know, in some, in some aspects, you would say maybe it's easier because I remember that first year that I was building this business, um, I wasn't busy 40 hours a week and I could go down on the treadmill for 30 minutes, you know, any time of the day and get my workout in. Interesting. Or I could just leave to go for a walk with my dog when it was nice out at any point that I wanted to. So the exercise was easier to get in while building that business. Not today because I'm so unbelievably busy that I don't get my exercise in until at night when my kids go to bed. Right. But during the building process, it was easier to get the exercise. Hundred percent. Yep, I agree with that. Not the food. Not the food. (laughs) The food is the same either way. Yeah, you're absolutely right. I agree with that. You always want to eat more than you need. Mm -hmm. Now, you of course um, had time to build this business. Um, because you're an old woman now and your kids have moved out. You're an empty nester, right? That is wrong. That is incorrect. In fact, Kelly <laughs> is, is incorrect. in her 30s still. Mm-hmm. Uh, has a birthday coming up, I think. I do. Yeah, very Yes, good. you do. I'll be, and 30, I'll be 39. I know. I know. Still in your 30s. And uh, so you've still got young kids around, don't you? 
I do. My children today are nine, six, and three. And so we've got three kids, okay, trying to build your own business, which is an entirely different animal, and in the middle of a pandemic, and of course, you're also married. Yes, I am Okay, which takes time, because one thing about men is, you know, we are (laughs) a nightmare, right? I mean, he's kind of my fourth child. Okay. <laughs> Truth be told. I, I, I still I still make his dentist appointments for him and remind him. <laughs> That's awesome. Okay. So you got a husband. You got kids. You're trying to start a business in a very competitive industry. Now, I know all these things about Kelly, not because we were best friends because she's when she started the program. I know all these things, Kelly, because you told them to me. Like right. these are all obstacles that people have to deal with when they're trying to lose weight and it makes losing weight hard. These are things that take time and they take energy and they make life more difficult. Most people, when they have this situations like this, they just fold under the pressure because they lean on their excuses. They say it's too hard. But when Kelly was overwhelmed throughout this process, she would do what all successful people do on our program. And that is, she would just call me and she would say, hey, mm-hmm. so how do I manage this difficult thing? Tony, obviously you run a business. How, how, do, how do people deal with this? Because it's hard. Yeah. And then you would do something that you're fabulous at. And that is, you would be vulnerable and you would be honest instead of hiding behind a mask that everything is all right. And you would allow me to teach you how to solve mm-hmm. these problems. And then because you would allow that, because you're honest and vulnerable, you would learn and you'd keep now, making progress. Now, I think progress. You're, making it, you're making it sound a little bit easier because I would add, and I don't know if you know this, but I would hide behind that mask for a couple of weeks to where it was like, okay, like I always thought to myself, I know what I need to do. I just need to do it, right? I think mm-hmm. you have a podcast about that. But I would hide behind that mask. And then once I was up a pound or two pounds, then I would give in and call you. So it wasn't like I came to a a stumble and I'm like, oh, I need to call Tony because I have this coming up. It's like I went through two or three failures and then I would call you. And and I'm so glad you added that because the majority of people in the world, they hide behind that mask for decades. They get behind that mask and they say, that's it. I'm just going to make everybody think that I'm fine. I'm not going to tell anybody that I'm hurting or I'm sad or depressed. I'm just going to hide. And But it is totally normal to initially think, all right, I just can't tell them that I have problems. But eventually you do get to that point and you get there a lot quicker than most people. And again, that Mm -hmm. is one of your strengths. And I would be willing to bet, okay, that if you were to go back to when you were 25, you're probably better at it now than you were then. Uh, I don't remember 25. <laughs> <laughs> I know, so long ago. You're such so an old ago. spinster. You really are. <laughs> yeah. But I would bet that over oh, the years, man. you've got better and better at that. Probably, yeah. All right. Yeah, you, you eventually find the reward in being vulnerable. You know, Absolutely. You, it doesn't hurt you. It only helps you. Right. Nobody ever sees somebody vulnerable and says, we think it's going to happen, but they're, oh, my gosh, I can't oh, believe my gosh, she has no. problems. Such no. a that she's oh, such yeah. a loser. No, they appreciate. You know, that. I found that people tell me how strong I am by sharing. Yeah, absolutely. Being vulnerable and being honest like this, and putting yourself out there instead of hiding, gives you the ability to be stronger. You look stronger to other people, and it yeah, gives you, you the ability do. to solve the problem because you're putting it out there. You're shining a light mm-hmm. on it. 
Well, yeah. fortunately, as you were losing your weight, that was all you had to deal with, right? The, I mean, with of course, with the exception that in the middle of this, you found out that you had breast cancer. Stage right? three breast. Stage three breast cancer. Stage three breast cancer. So here you are, finally having huge success with your weight, despite mm-hmm. being busy with lots of challenges <laughs> and uh, with family and starting. And we mentioned that we mentioned the pandemic, right? Uh, I think we did mention that once. Oh, yes. okay. Just making sure. And so here that we are. Fun. All this going on. And so what do you do? You just close the business down and say it's too much and then gain all your weight back, oh, right? My gosh. It was, it was yeah, I'm surprised I didn't. <laughs> yeah. I mean, no, honestly. Of course you, you didn't like, do that, though. You have, like, you remember how many pounds away from my goal I was when I was diagnosed? I, I had so much momentum at that point in time. I so know. much momentum. I was doing awesome. I was eight pounds from my goal weight the day I was diagnosed. Yep. Every- I still, I'm mad. I'm still mad. <laughs> but, but the thing is, what you, the one thing that you're going to do as time passes is you're going to look back at this. And that's really what this podcast is about is you're going to look back at that and you're going to go, yeah, I may have been mad about that. But honestly, like that defined who I am. Like this yeah. is who you are. It doesn't matter what happens next. You have made a decision that you're going to keep going. And so when I said, did, did you close the business down? Guys, anybody mm-hmm. listening to this knows that that isn't really what happened. What you did is you kept building it. Now it's thriving. Yeah. And you didn't send your kids off to boarding school. You kept raising them. And you yeah. didn't ship your husband off, <laughs> and even though you had bills to pay. And now here you have uh. this breast cancer. And there's nothing funny or trivial about breast cancer. Mm-mm. But for some people, it is worse um, than it yeah. is for others. And yours is one of the worst, right? I mean, you can say things always can be worse, but it was pretty freaking hard. It is hard. I, and uh, I, I wouldn't mean, wish it on anybody. For sure. It's, it's a very and I don't want to do it again. <laughs> I understand. You don't want to keep <laughs> testing it, right? Oh, so no, no. You, you end up having uh, to get a mastectomy. Yep, a double mastectomy. Yep, which is exactly what you were planning for your life of something that you were going to do in your 30s. When you're in your 20s, you're like, you know what I'm going to do? I mean, of course. But yeah, I was thinking maybe a boob job, but not like a forced (laughs) amputation. (laughs) Oh, my gosh. That's awesome that you said it that way. Uh, I mean, I did have three children and breast friend each of them. So you can imagine, you know, and I had lost, what, almost 60 pounds. Yeah. So I wasn't uh, the the perkiest little girl around, that's for sure. <laughs> and they just it's... failed me again. And they failed you again. And so here now, yeah. we have all this other stuff going on. Now we got breast cancer. Now we got the double mastectomy. Okay. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. of course, in the middle of all this, where Kelly, you're still having success. You're still making progress. You're still calling and saying, how do I deal with these obstacles? In the middle of all yeah. of this, of course, you're having chemo. Right. Yeah, that was. Now, oh man, hanging on by a thread during that time. Let me. Tell I you. know. Well, you remember when when I, when we were when I was driving mm-hmm. to Vegas when it was empty. Yes, I the, do. Took all those pictures, and you and I were talking when I was driving to you, empty Vegas. You pulled. You pulled over. I did. I was in like. You had Utah. to pull over. Yeah, you're like, hold on, I'm gonna pull over and call you right back. Yep. Yep. That's yeah, exactly right. I was. I was a complete wreck. Talk about your um, talk about your chemo for a little bit, because I mean, this thing went. This thing is, is just in one stage after the next. Yeah, well, I mean, the the first I I've been on 
four different chemo drugs over the past 17 months. I just finished up chemo in August of this year. So I was on chemo for 17 months. The first part of it, the first six months was the hardest thing I have ever done in my entire life um, to where that I didn't want to be alone during the day because I was afraid that I would fall asleep and not wake up. And that's not an exaggeration. Yeah. So my mother-in-law from Shadron, Nebraska, which that's about seven hours away from where I live. She came every other week to stay with me during the week because I was afraid I wouldn't wake up. Jeez. Um, I, yeah, I mean like my husband would change my clothes for me in the morning or at night because I was too weak to do it. Um, one time he carried me to the bathroom because I was so the exhaustion. I can't even tell you. And the hardest part from like the losing weight perspective was that I never lost my appetite. I never got nauseous. They have a lot of drugs to fix that. Um, if anything, they put you on steroids and it makes you hungry. And the food that I wanted because I felt so crappy and so sad for myself and so mad was I wanted all the brownies and cakes in the world. Mm -hmm. And there was always somebody at my doorstep willing to make that for me. I know where you're going with this. Yeah. And, and they, everybody, they set up a meal train for me. You know, I have three kids and a husband in a pandemic. Like we can't go to the grocery store because it might kill me. Right. So people would bring us groceries and they would bring, you know, cookies and brownies brownies and and, and they would drop off a dozen donuts on my doorstep and I was the only one home. Such a perfect example too, because right at this time when things were their worst, Kelly calls and like, Tony, I don't know what to do because people keep bringing me cookies and brownies and donuts. And I said, what did I tell you to do? So the advice was, I want you to reach out to, to your, your posse, right? Your community, the people that are close and say, I have cancer. I want to give everything I can to fight this. And the thing that is going to help me is healthy food, fruits, vegetables, nuts, things like that, that will feed my body the fuel that it needs to fight this. And I think it was what, an hour later, Tony, maybe? I remember the picture. An hour later, I texted him a picture. Somebody had dropped off on my doorstep piles of healthy food, leafy greens, oranges, strawberries, blueberries. I mean, you name it, I had it. The picture that you sent of that, of just uh, all these vegetables. I I pictured the blueberries. I can see the blueberries in the picture. Yeah, there were like three packages of blueberries. (laughs) And because you were willing to be vulnerable right Mm -hmm. there, and you were willing to, like, not only with me, and then also put it out to them, what happened was... But but what happened right there was, is instead of this being the moment where, you know, you got people staying with you where you feel you're afraid you're going to wake up, this becomes a moment of strength because yeah. you dealt with it. When you got done with that, you were actually proud of yourself because you reached out and you actually took control yeah. in a situation where you had no control. And what I found was that everybody was like, thank you for telling me what you need because I wanted to help you, but I didn't know how to do it. Yep. And, and, and because they, they, don't they just know wanted any- me to tell them. Yeah, and because they don't know any better, they just think, mm-hmm. oh, I'll take her cookies and that'll make her feel better. And yeah. Kelly, one of the reasons that you do well is because you understand something that one of my, uh, I mean, it's not my favorite author, but there's an author by the name of Stephen Pressfield who wrote this book called The War of Art. And he understands what you understand. And the book is, it's a really sm- uh, short, quick read. And it's, he understands this concept of the resistance of life. 
Nothing is going to come easy. And this resistance that we have of all these things that you're dealing with, these things that never go away, whether they're big things like this or small like this, like the resistance is normal. There are things that you want and there's going to be resistance between you and trying to get them. I mean, since we were cavemen, we had to fight for these things that we wanted and that has not changed. But you've just taken it to the next level. And that's why I want to do this (laughs) podcast. You have because there's not very many people that are going to listen to this that are going to say, oh, yeah, I'm, I'm, you know, going through the exact same thing. I mean, they have problems. But I'm going to tell you guys, once you just stop hiding from these problems and you decide you're not going to put a face on everything that you do, that everything's okay, and you choose to be vulnerable like this and you face the problems, you can make progress in the most difficult situations. And, of course, in mm-hmm. our program, when uh, when you're vulnerable and honest like that, I mean, you get immediate feedback. You get help. You have somebody that you know cares enough to listen and say, look, even though we don't know each other, let me show you how to get what you want. And and that's what you've done such a great job with is, is you know, using us and using me to, to help get you there. Yeah, f- I, I reflect back and it's like I feel to myself, I feel like I have been fighting for so long. Yep. I feel tired when I look back. But when I'm in it daily, I don't feel like that because it's like just, you know, what's the next step? I don't look at it big picture very often like I am right yep. now. And so I look back and I'm like, wow, I am just I'm tired of, of fighting and hanging on. But when I don't look at a big picture and I think of, okay, what's next? And like today, it's like, I have an event tonight, a professional event that it's going to be at a nice restaurant with no, with no numbers. And I have to figure out how to approach that. And as a business owner, it's like, oh, I don't want to be embarrassed. You know, like, I, I don't want to like bring my PB and J and people laugh at me, but, <laughs> but that's what I do. That's what I do. I bring it. And I just say, Oh no, I've lost 60 pounds by doing it this way. And they're like, Oh, tell me more. And yeah. Seriously. Topic of conversation. <laughs> Most people would want to hide from that. And when you actually just put it out there in front, everybody's like, honesty, a real human. This is great. Yeah. And yeah. then I'm like handing out your business card by the end of the night. <laughs> that is so awesome. And you have inspired a lot of people over the years. You definitely have. You know, you guys, as you're listening to this, if you're unhappy about your weight, your fitness, being honest with your coach and shining a light on these problems, it really does put you in a situation where you learn how to solve them. And that's a really good example of how, you know, what you just described when you're going to a professional adventure, because Mm -hmm. it ends up being a non-issue when you just take control and deal with the problems. Um, Most people don't have, like, problems quite this severe that can literally be life or death. Yeah, But we all have challenges and they all seem in the moment like they are as bad or worse. And there are people that have things that are as bad as worse. People are going to deal, you know, as they're trying to lose weight, you're going to eventually going to have a sick family member. You're eventually going to have a funeral. You're eventually going to have all the normal things like the holidays that we're dealing with as of recording this because it's the 60 hardest days of the year. Birthdays. And of course, the fact that you just want to live a social life and yet. If you're just honest and vulnerable about your feelings when these things are hard, you learn that others have solved these problems that you're dealing with. But you have to be totally honest to have success with this. And my next problem is going to be I, I'm in a clinical trial now for a vaccine that prevents Don't say that yet. Can't... Don't say that yet. Ah, I'm okay, coming okay. there. I'm going to okay, save the yet. bomb for the end okay. of this. 
Because oh, and we're almost sorry. there. Because no, because no, 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 no. Like, believe me, I wasn't <laughs> gonna forget this. The la- this last thing that you're dealing with, it is just blowing my mind. It really is. So, um, and what I was gonna say was, is you know, when it comes to you know losing weight and just getting control of this, so mm-hmm. many people they spend their lives like overweight for a long time, and they're depressed for decades, and they're out of control mm-hmm. because they hide behind their clothes. And they hide behind the lies that they try to tell that they're fine. Yeah. And And now the store is having overweight sections and thinking that's normal. And I thought that was normal when I was, when I was 196 pounds, I would have liked that. Uh, I've been like, finally someone sees me for me. And now that I'm skinny, it like makes me sad. I'm like, no, let's not normalize this because you can be healthy and you can feel better. And you can like, if I was 196 pounds when I was diagnosed with cancer, I don't know. I wouldn't have found my cancer, Tony, if I wouldn't have lost that weight. No question. Because I would have had, I would have had too much fat in my boob that I would not have felt the nine, the three and a half inch tumor in there. Yeah. Three and a half inches. I would not have found it. And I probably would have been stage four before, which is not curable. Like losing that weight literally saved my life. I am 100% confident about it. I am the one that found my cancer. Nobody else. That is totally awesome. I mean, and I, I, you know, obviously, I love that. And if anybody deserves, <laughs> if anybody deserves to catch that after the work you did, it is you. You know, and this is—I'm getting sidetracked, but mm-hmm. a lot of people, you know, when you look at that, would look at that and say, you know, this isn't fair that I that I lost all this weight and this happened, and yet, just like you're saying, the fact that you did that and you took control of your health, like it is—it literally it's it a means I'm here. Yeah, it's it means that you're going to see those kids grow up. Exactly. That's, That's awesome. the plan. That's when you were talking, hey, when you were talking about how people would uh, uh, now there there's the overweight section and you know yeah. all the commercials now have overweight people. Yep. You know, so everybody feels comfortable and they don't feel bad. Um, yeah. Years ago, there was a gym in Omaha uh, where where I live, and there was a gym in Omaha where uh, it was just for overweight people, and. Hmm. I was always amazed because like if you were thin and healthy, you, you really weren't invited to this gym. It was just for over. It was a plus size gym only. And they advertised, you know, if you're overweight, come here. And I always thought, how do you get out of that gym? You know what I mean? <laughs> because what happens if you, you know, you go there and you get into a routine and you lose your weight and all of a sudden you're healthier and now you're thin. Well, do you but have to Tony- leave? <laughs> we both know that exercising isn't going to get you thin. Right. It's always the food. It's always the food. But what do you do, though? I mean, seriously. I don't know. And, and, the, and just imagine, like, here you are at this gym of overweight people where they've made this okay, so nobody ever feels uncomfortable and like they have to do anything. Just imagine that you start to lose some weight and you start to make some progress, and now you're going to the gym where you did it, and you walk in there and you feel like, I don't belong here? <laughs> like, sorry, you lost. Yeah. This in your body weight, you can no longer cross this threshold. Yeah. And they, <laughs> they, they went out of business. But the thing is, I mean, that would be terrible. Mm-hmm. All right. So now, okay, we've talked about all the things that Kelly continues to overcome. And yeah, that's fantastic. Now, recently, though, okay, you've gone into this new trial. And mm-hmm. I'm just going to drop the last bomb here, okay? And okay. then you can tell me what's actually going on. 
With all of that going on, starting a business, right? Building it, having people stay at her house because she's not afraid she's going to weigh up, double mastectomy, rebuilding that, kids, pandemic, all of that. They come to you, chemo, and they say, Kelly, you know what we need to do? (laughs) We need to remove all the blood from your body. (laughs) (laughs) Do you know what you have too much of? Blood. Blood. So we need to remove it not once, but how many times? Six. Six times. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, tell us about what's happening now. Oh, okay. So I did the 17 months of chemo. And during the 17 months of chemo, I did the double mastectomy. They did not clear margins. I had to have another surgery. I did 38 rounds of radiation. Um, and because I did all of that work, I was eligible for this clinical trial. And the clinical trial is kind of like the worst of the worst before becoming um, terminal. Okay. Yeah. So it's like, okay, you've reached the point where you really can't get any worse before you become terminal. Like that's the next stage. Mm-hmm. So that's me. Wonderful. Lucky me. Um, but it's a vaccine that prevents breast cancer, but they make the vaccine with your own white blood cells which is incredible. Like it's a vaccine specific for me and only me. It will only work for me. So to get those white blood cells, they inserted a port into my neck and pushed it down into my heart. And it's a two-way port. So blood comes out and then another side blood goes in. And they took all of the blood out of my body six times over and ran it through a machine to separate all of the white blood cells that they could and then they heated the blood back up. Thank you very much. And put it back into my body. My. And it was over It was over a period of seven hours. So I was hooked up to this machine. It's like dialysis, but with blood, basically. Yeah. No, I get it. So, so I was hooked up for seven hours. And I had a little commode, which is a portable toilet right. that they put a bag in. And that's where I would pee. Because you pee a lot because they give you fluids to keep you hydrated. Because you can right. imagine the toll that takes on your body. Oh, my gosh. Um, but yeah, so they, they separated my white blood cells and they are informing those blood cells how to kill the, my cancer, pro, the cancer in my body. That's totally awesome. Or the, the cells that cause the cancer, I should say. Yeah. Somebody's so listening. Go ahead. Go ahead. I was going to no. say, so now, um, starting tomorrow, I fly back to Tampa, Florida, which is where this trial is happening. And because I'm a business owner, I have the, abil- the ability to do this. Um, I fly back to Tampa every Friday for the next seven weeks to get a shot. And then I fly back home. They, they put those white blood cells back in my body through a shot in my groin into a lymph node, like an ultrasound guided shot. You know, it, it, if you, if Kelly gets a call, okay, next month and they say, Kelly, um, Okay we're going to try one other thing now. We're going to remove your head for a couple days. Okay. And, but we're going to put it on after a couple of days. Kelly's going to do two things because she's truthful. She's vulnerable and she doesn't hide behind these problems and she deals with them. She's going to call her friends and say, this is really weird. They're removing my head. Could you bring me some blueberries? Okay. Cause yeah. eventually they're going to put it back on. And the second thing is, is she's going to call me and she's going to say, how do I maintain my health without my head? And, um, and because of that, you're going to keep overcoming these problems and you're going to keep having success. And Kelly, because you are willing to do this work and do all of this, 
not only did you find this, but you put yourself in a situation where you're in the best possible shape to fight this and do something about it. And honestly, there is nothing more that anybody else could have done. And um, you just need to be really proud of that. And I really appreciate you, you know, sharing this story. And I know you shared this for the members. This will be actually on the public podcast page for people that a lot of people don't even know who you are. But it just shows that guys, like, it doesn't matter what happens next. If you just deal with it, you take it one step, one day, one One question. Yeah, Mm -hmm. one piece at a time. Like you can overcome the hardest obstacles. You just have to stop hiding behind the clothes, the lies, the alcohol, and, and just start dealing with it. You really can do this. So Kelly, now that everybody thinks you are an absolute superwoman, okay, <laughs> which you are, is there any last words you want to share for anybody listening to this program that maybe doesn't know about it? Um, I want to share with you something. I don't think I ever told you this yet, but in order to be in this clinical trial that I'm in, I had to be healthy. They did an echo of my heart. They took 23 vials of blood to make sure all of my numbers were in the range that they need to be in. Um, so you have to be a healthy individual at a good weight in order to be in this trial. Yeah. Because, you know, if you're overweight, there is a chance that you die from something else other than the cancer. Um, and so you need to be healthy. And because I did all of that hard work, I have a chance. A, a much better chance to be here in five years that than awesome. had I not ever lost that weight. Um, and so while it's hard, like it's, it's so worth it to just be able to be alive Good and, see for my you. Kids, and see, see your kids grow up. So when they need 23 bi- vials of blood from Kelly, the doctor says, okay, we need 23 vials of blood. Mm-hmm. The nurse says, Oh, we have all our blood over here because we took it all out of our body six no, times. No, How much do you no. want? <laughs> yeah, nope. They did an additional 23 vials of Gosh, blood on top of that. They I couldn't figured. use the blood. Yeah, it was. I was tired the next day. So <laughs> Really? That's surprising. Yeah. Oh, I, I had but... one vial. I had a, like my normal physical a couple days ago and all my yeah. numbers were great. It was nice. But yeah. I, I, they take one vial of blood out and I'm like, yeah. okay, and I you need know to what? sit down. <laughs> Before and before I had the cancer diagnosis, I was already overwhelmed, Tony. Like it was already hard. I thought life was hard with three kids, the pandemic starting. The, I actually have two businesses. We didn't talk about the other one um, because that was already in there. But um, and then cancer came on, and it just kind of felt like I don't know how I'm going to do this. Well, it that's really, really... Did. and so I understand if people are like, "Wow, like cancer, that's a lot." But like I felt overwhelmed before the cancer it just tacked on another layer and you can fight it and you can keep going. You just have, you know, you have to put in the work. And that is, that is really what this whole thing is about because you're always going to feel overwhelmed yeah. whether you're dealing with something always. or not. And that the whole resistance of life, it just exists. It's always going to be there. Mm-hmm. And so very good. Well, we're going to close it up there. Kel, you are fantastic. You're wonderful. I know you'll keep me up to date on what's going on. And um, thanks again for sharing. Thanks, Tony. All right. See you later. Bye. Bye. Wow. That was really incredible. I'm telling you, I love talking with Kelly because when I talk to Kelly, it's just a constant reminder of what is possible if you're willing to work hard and you're willing to overcome these obstacles no matter what. By the way, if you're wanting to see Kelly's before and after pictures, I think I forgot to mention this in the podcast. If you go to our Facebook page, at facebook.com forward slash the fast diet, you'll be able to see her amazing before and after pictures because they're extraordinary. Thanks for listening.